Hello and welcome back to another edition of College Football Road Trip with Tyler Delben. I'm Eddie Hawkswood, navigating the way for you as you and your friends plan your ultimate college football road trip experience. Today we're tackling the biggest and the best, especially in the uh, mind of our host, Tyler. It's the University of Michigan, the big house in Ann Arbor. If you want to go there, we certainly, certainly endorse you hidden over there. Uh, you've come to the right place. Tyler's been there an unbelievable number of times. And trust me, folks, this is a fella who knows any and everything about going to the big house. So without further ado, Tyler, welcome. How you doing? Good. How are you, Eddie? Good. Thank you very much. Let's get right to it. Sure. Big house, Ann Arbor. People want to hit this. Um, is it an easy stadium to get to? And what's your recommendation on travel plans to get to the big house? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's absolutely easy to get to. I mean, obviously, anyone coming from far away, you'd probably utilize Detroit. Um, you know, whether you're flying, flying into Detroit and just head down 94, it's probably a half hour drive right. from the airport. Um, but I mean, I live close to it, so I've never flown to Ann Arbor, but um, it, it's easy. And then once so, you get there, where are we parking the car? Um, it all depends. I mean, it depends on how many people you're going with. Um, you know, if there's a bunch of you, a big group, you know, it's great to probably hit one of the great tailgating spots around the campus, probably, uh, you know, the golf course, University of Michigan golf course, just across the street from the stadium is a pretty fun place to, um, experience, a, you know, a good tailgate with a bunch of guys or whoever's with you, family members, uh, you, you pull into the golf course and it's just, you see uh, lines of cars, lines of hibachis, uh, people playing football in the fairway. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a very fun atmosphere. Um, if you're, you know, if you are going in a big RV, you obviously would tend to go to um, next to the golf course is the Pioneer High School. Okay. And their parking lot is just full of, you know, the major huge RVs that people pull you know into the lot days before and they're all decked out with tvs and it's quite fancy it's it's really different place in the golf course um and then if you're just going with you know one or two people and i tend to do this a lot i just go straight onto campus park usually park on one of one of the residential streets in, in early in the morning and just kind of walk through the campus i mean the campus is one of the most beautiful campuses there is um it's old, you know, walking through the Diag, walking by the Michigan Union where JFK did a, a famous speech during his nomination for presidency in 1960. And then you kind of walk along State Street down past all the fraternities, uh, sorority houses, and on game day, just just the buzz and the atmosphere as you kind of approach the stadium area, which is kind of tucked off campus. It's just kind of the, the South Park campus. It's, they've kind of put all their athletic buildings and facilities kind of on that corner. So as you kind of approach that area, just you start getting those pockets of those great tailgating spots. And um, yeah, it's just, you can't go wrong with doing any of it. It just really depends on how many people you're going with. Yeah. Um, but okay. So we, we talked on how to get there. <laughs> how would you schedule things? Cause you touched on three uh, great aspects, the stadium itself, which we'll get to the tailgating, which is in and around, you know, in the parking lots and the, um, golf course, but the campus. So how, first, how many hours before kickoff would you arrive? 
Uh, again, it depends on the kickoff time. Michigan tends to have three, based on TV um, networks, uh, Michigan always has three different kickoff times. It's either noon, 3.30, or right. lately they've been doing the night games at you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock kickoff. Uh, um, noon games are a struggle, I, I can't lie. Um, <laughs> you know, getting to the campus at, you know, 8 in the morning is, is a struggle sometimes. Um, not much is open. You know, maybe you grab breakfast Right. Uh, and head right to the game and, and see a, a game at noon. Uh, and those games tend to be, you know, your kind of weaker opponents because obviously a lot of the kickoff times are, are TV driven. So TVs want the better games at night or late afternoon. So you'll get your, you know, a lot of the non-conference, uh, non-Big Ten games uh, at, at noon. Um, uh, they can be a little sleepy. You know, there's probably a lot of students that don't quite get up for those games because they're out till 5 a.m. the night before. And <laughs> that'll be it. Um, the 3.30 games are great. I like getting yeah. there, you know, probably at 10 a.m. Um, okay, that's good. And just kind of soaking up everything. The later the game, the more you soak up, I guess. So your recommendation for a 3.30 kick would be get there, get out, experience the campus first. Absolutely. I love out. the campus. Then as you're probably getting a little bit hungrier and things are starting to ramp up, that's when you go to the tailgating, right? Yeah, or you, you can get there like around, you know, 11 o'clock. And what I usually do, I mean, like, again, it, it depends on who I go with, but I like going to the campus. I like, um, you know, grabbing a like a, a breakfast or something just as the noon games kick off on TV. Um, you know, I love walking through the campus, especially in the fall. I love, you know, yeah. I usually go to the bookstore, the MDEM to buy my annual new t-shirt or whatever that goes along with the 40 other Michigan you know, <laughs> items that I have. Um, and then, yeah, make your way to the tailgate. Um, and you know, it's, it's a lot of the tailgates can be inviting. Some people just say, Hey, come on in. And you know, it just really depends on who you're with. Um, I, I do know some people that do pretty extravagant uh, tailgating. So sometimes I, I don't go to campus. I go straight to pioneer or the right. golf course. So I do actually like mixing it up a bit. It just really depends on who I'm with and the, what time the game is and, and whatnot. And our first broadcast, which is available on bluelakedrive.com, uh, you touched on, you know, when you go to the swamp, when, or sorry, when you go to LSU, there's there's a big bowl of jambalaya in so many different uh, tailgates. Is there a signature dish or a signature um, item that maybe not? is unique to, to Michigan, but is there something you can hang your hat on? Like if you hit a bunch of these different tailgates, they've always got, you know, a sausage on a bun or they got, uh, no, it's pretty, it, it, I don't think I've never found it a, a staple food. Like it's just, it is what it is. Um, just happy to be there. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So you do the tailgating. I'm sure you describe, you're talking about what you're, uh, saying you, everybody seems to be friendly, excited. You, you mentioned buzz. So you do that. What is it like to lay eyes on a stadium, which on game day becomes the fifth most populated city center in the state of Michigan? What's it uh, like to, to behold? Well, in our, in you, you, the, you, uh, sorry, the Michigan stadium is, is quite different than most stadiums. It's actually, um, Upon first view, it's, it, you know, it's kind of, um, it's very, it's not very big. It's not overwhelming at all. You kind of, you wonder why, you know, or how a hundred thousand people, um, yeah. in place. You, your expectations upon arrival, 
um, often fail you. Um, but it's it's really once you get past uh, the Iron Gates, uh, you get past Championship Plaza, you kind of walk through the concourse, and then you kind of go through the tunnel where your specific seating is, and then it kind of just opens up in front of your eyes. And then that's really when you realize, wow, you're, you're just in this massive hole in the ground. And it, I remember going as, you know, a child for my first time and, and you know, that feeling has never left. Um, and even after, you know, a hundred games or so, I, I, every time I walk through that tunnel right to my seat, it's just like, take a moment and go, wow, this is, this is special. It's great. But first, first view of the stadium, it's, it's nothing big. It's like I said, it's a big hole in the ground. Um, they've done some major recent reno renovations about 10 years ago where they've kind of brought up towers on two sides. Right. Um, which actually make the stadium look bigger. Um, but prior to that, it was like you're walking up to something maybe 20 feet tall and you're like wondering, where, where's everyone going? <laughs> so we should be clear to our listeners. Uh, you've described it as not that impressive in a hole in the ground. And so people are wondering, well, what's the allure? The fact is the stadium is below ground level. Correct. Like, it's lower. So mid, if you walked in and you stayed at ground level, you'd be looking down at the game. And right. that's, I mean, it's like a hidden gem in that sort of regard. Absolutely. And when you're walking into the stadium, you're kind of walking basically right around row 70 or row 60. So you're already 60 rows up as soon as you walk into the stadium and then you right. just kind of drop lower. But um, yeah, uh, for, for like a first time visitor, you know, your expectations may be, you know, you're maybe wondering like, well, why is this stadium so impressive or big but it is it is the biggest stadium in the ncaa and not only the biggest stadium in the ncaa it's the largest stadium in the united states of all sports you know it holds over one hundred seven thousand people and and it's interesting on game day they actually count beyond the seating capacity they'll count field passes that are handed out they'll count press passes so some games you know the official attendance goes one hundred fifteen thousand or so so it's a lot of people and uh, talk a bit about the history after uh, after I finish up, if you would, because the stadium's been around since 1927 in various forms. Now, you just touched on, they've added pillars, they've added um, extra skyboxes, and, you know, things have undergone renovations, as you naturally would have assumed, in the, you know, um, 93 years. Uh, what What historical aspects of it uh, really jump out at you, both in the, the literal physical sense and the things that have gone on over the uh, the, the decades that Michigan football has been a part of your life? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, Michigan football in itself is one of the most storied programs of, of all college football. So it, it's great just being there, knowing that, you know, there's so much rich uh, tradition and history in Ann Arbor and on campus um, you know, it's home to, you know, they've claimed 11 national championships, um, not many as of recent, you know, 1997 being the last. So hopefully, you know, there's a few more to come. But, you know, <laughs> it's just years and years of, of that tradition and history dating back to, I think, 1879, uh, I think was the first year they, you know, played football and they were one of the very first members of the Big Ten. So it's just a long, long uh, history of, of greatness. Um, Michigan is the all-time winningest football program there is. Um, they've won more games than anyone. 
Um, you know, they pump out three Heisman Trophy winners and Tom Harmon, uh, Desmond Howard, Charles Woodson. Um, there's a whole list of great coaches, Bo Schembechler, Fielding Yost, um, you know, Fitz Chrysler. Um, Jim Harbaugh will get there. He'll get there. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. And great players like that, you know, outside the Heisman Trophy winners, you know, you have Jim Harbaugh, you have Tyrone Wheatley, uh, Braylon Edwards, Tom Brady, uh, Dan Deardorff. Like the list goes on. Just the history walking into that stadium is, first of all, you, you got to know you're surrounded by, by such rich history. And we should uh, mention Lloyd, Lloyd Carr did win that uh, national championship as a head coach in 97, which probably always puts him in the upper echelon of Michigan head coaching lore. Uh, a little something else to enhance the experience. It's not just the visual. Sometimes it's the audio. Recognize that song? Sure do. Hail to the Victors. Uh, it's the fight song. Uh, it's got to be probably the most famous fight song. It's got to probably be. the most yeah. yeah that or Notre Dame is probably the most famous fight song that people tend to say. Yeah, catchy. It's pretty. You'll sing it. You'll sing it probably thirty times a game, and it's <laughs> you never get bored of it. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, very 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 cool. Um, okay, so uh, what are what is your favorite memory of any game? At the big house. Um, I, I touched upon the first time I ever walked in that stadium as a kid. Right. That will always, you know, be long lasting, you, you know, that first impression of the place. Um, other than that, you know, I've, I've, I've been fortunate, been fortunate enough to have been over a hundred games there. So I've seen a lot of the really good ones. Um, ones that maybe come to mind would be, I think maybe the first night game, in 2011, they never had lights. All those years, never had lights. They never had night games. The only time they had um, anything close to a night game was a 3.30 kickoff, and they brought in these four huge portable lights at each end just to, you know, when it gets to the Safety fourth safe, quarter. right, late in the season. Uh, but with that new renovation, they added lights. So 2011 was the first time they had a primetime game at 7 p.m. against Notre Dame. Notre Dame, right. It was, uh, you know, we were behind most of the game. In fact, I think we were, Michigan was down by two touchdowns with, you know, two minutes left and, and you, whatever we, we got to, you know, we, we went on a touchdown in the last second of the game and the place just erupted. And that was, uh, I think the finest I've ever seen Michigan stadium. Yeah. Uh, just the electricity in that building at, you know, 1130 or midnight at that moment was, you know, unmatched. It was really and after the game, every student and everybody just went home, got a good night's sleep, just happy that they won. Actually the stadium didn't even empty out for a good half hour. Like seriously literally no one moved for a good half hour <laughs> after the game. Like the band just kept on playing. It was playing <laughs> nothing into the student section. I mean it, the place was so electric. If you've ever seen uh, New Year's Eve, the ball drop from Times Square. One of the most impressive things to do when you watch on television is after it's over, the police officers, they have people clearing out like within 15 minutes. So for people to not even leave their seats for a half hour, it's that's awesome. And it just shows like, hey, this is the first time. We're just going to keep partying and, and uh, playing. No, yeah. no one wanted it to stop. It was 
that would probably stand out as, as the most uh, memorable. I mean, I've been to a lot of really good Michigan-Ohio State games when Ohio State was ranked number one. Right. Uh, and we beat them and kind of ruined their undefeated season. Those are those are always special just due to my hatred to the Buckeyes. Are we even ever going to talk about Ohio State on this podcast? Or oh, yeah. just... I mean, uh, it, the horseshoe is something to be seen, too. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. But, but yeah. uh, then a double overtime game against Michigan State, I think it was in 2005, Five. 2004. Um, Braylon Edwards, uh, that was a fantastic game. Uh, the Desmond Howard, Elvis Gerback um, stretch. Diving end zone, yeah. Diving end zone, that was a great game. Yeah, there, there's there's so many. But those are the ones that probably stand out for sure. Okay. Before I wrap it up and, and let it go, I'll let you think if there's anything else you want to add. But for the uh, generation that's raised on social media, say their battery's dying on their cell phone and they can only take one more picture in the stadium. What is the one picture you would recommend everyone getting or taking outside the stadium, tailgating, inside the stadium with a crowd to the back? Is there a, um, a monument, uh, an area? What's your recommendation on the one picture you have to take? Well, I think I think it's a panoramic from inside the stadium and high up. You want to be high up just so you see the field. You, yeah, it's probably a panoramic shot. Listen to that. That's what you get when you tune in to Tyler Delben's expertise. Like nobody else says, yeah, you want to get high up further away. Like everybody wants to be courtside, uh, 50 yard line. And Tyler says, get on up, you know, up in the nosebleeds, you can get a full, full perspective. And, um, he even tells you to make the adjustment on your phone. Don't go, don't just go regular photo. He says, go panoramic. So that's, that's a good little tip there, Tyler. Good for you. Um, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to add? That's, that's new as of late, actually. When it comes to like being higher up, it's, I mean, that would be the perfect seat. You don't want to be anywhere you know, lower than row 30 or 40. It just higher ups, definitely better, you know? That's usually where I try to sit. And you ever try to sit in the student section? You like the student yeah, section? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's quite f a lot of fun. But back then, maybe thirty years ago, it was quite fun. Like some <laughs> marshmallow fights. Everyone bringing marshmallows. <laughs> I mean, it's a different vibe. Everyone's standing. It's it's quite fun. Um, I'll, you know what? I'll outside of the end zones. I'll, you know, I'll sit anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, if you're planning to hit the big house, uh, you can't go wrong. Listen to this podcast. Listen to it again and again. You've got some great tips here. Uh, you want to see the campus. You want to tailgate. You want to uh, take in the big house in all its enormity. And you know that because you listened to Tyler Delben on College Football Road Trip with Tyler. Tyler, thank you very much. Uh, next up, which, uh, which school are we hitting next? Uh, let's do LSU, Louisiana State. LSU. All right. That sounds fantastic. So tune in next time. I want to thank Tyler Delben as always for joining us and my audio engineer, DJ Frank Frenzy. This has been College Football Road Trip with Tyler Delben on Blue Lake Drive Network. Thanks again. See ya.